Welcome to The Intentional Bride, a space created to nurture your heart in God's love. Let's get intentional. Hey and welcome to another episode of The Intentional Bride. I am so, so happy to be back. One week, I felt like I really, like I was gone too long. So yes, I'm happy to be back. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If this is your first time, um intentional bride is a space where you nurture your heart in god's love if you like you can follow on podbean.com as well as you can follow on at, at intentional bride so yes may god continue to give me grace and may he take over this word let it not be my words but his today's episode i dub blind blind it's based on Acts 9, 1 to 19. And it's on Saul's conversion. So for those who don't know who Saul is, Saul who later becomes Paul is one of the major authorities of the New Testament. And this is a story of how God converted him drastically from a persecutor to saving souls and being one of the most anointed men and largely one of the greatest founders of Christianity as we know it today. Um, this story stood out to me because there's a sense, you know, there's a sense in this world where if you're not good enough or you're not religious enough or you're not holier than thou, how can God uh, use you? And I've been watching some of these videos on Facebook, soft, soft something underbelly. And uh, the guy, he interviews people who've been through it, crack addicts, prostitutes and all that. And I was looking at their stories and some of them have been through some really pretty devastating stuff. You're like, you know what, you know, I'm not going to judge you for what you do and what you've gone through. It's really messed up. So I normally just, I, I reserve my comments. And every one of those guys always says, I want to get out, but I don't know how. I would like to change my life, but I don't know how. Or some of them have accepted that this is their reality. And I remember looking at them and thinking to myself, you know, what gets a human being to this low moment? And God, do you have work? Would you have work for someone like this? And say, say for example, he was to save one of those crack addicts or, or prostitutes and he turns them for his glory. What would that person's salvation look like? Because I want to imagine if you've been doing drugs for 20 years, you're not going to instantaneously be, you know, redeemed from that situation. Well, I know that the interaction with God will bring that kind of change, but wouldn't God want to use that person in that space? And interact with those people that remain marginalized, they remain unreached. Wouldn't he want for that person to penetrate that space and take the gospel there? Paul was such a story. So let's just, you know, read through Acts 9 and verse 1 says, Meanwhile, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogue in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether man or woman, he might take to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. So this guy meant business. He was issuing murderous threats. So you are paying with your life. If you serve Jesus, if you were a follower of Jesus, whether you are a man or woman, Saul's main mission was you pay with your life. As he got near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and he heard the voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Suddenly a light from heaven. Hmm. Who are you, Lord? 
I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, he replied, verse 6. Now get up, go into the city and you will be told what to do. But here's the interesting part. The men traveling with Saul stood there speechless. They had the sound but they didn't see anyone. You see, when God comes to meet up with you, it's never a board meeting and it's never a group discussion. It's never something that involves uh, many people. You know, it's something that he meets with you. And that very thing that he does in your life becomes a source of deliverance for the next person and the next. And my story can never match your story and the next person's story. That's why we have some people become pastors. We have some people who are businessmen. We have some people who are different. And each and every one of these people, they serve their purpose in the body of Christ. And that's why it would be very boring for God to make us all the same. Whilst the gospel is the same, the way he meets every one of us is different. In Saul's case, the men that were traveling with him did not see their light. Because it wasn't their story, it wasn't their time, it wasn't their conversion story. This was about Saul and he ha it had to be about Saul and Jesus in that moment. Saul knew that he had met the king of kings. Interesting how he even says, who are you, Lord? he asked because he already could tell that whatever he was interacting with was different and the power that he had come into contact with was different so Saul got up from the ground but when he opened his eyes he could see nothing so they led him by hand into damascus for three days he was blind and did not eat anything see for me i felt like even he should have been kept hungry for a week i mean this is a guy who had persecuted christians he had done the most and my my question the question on my heart is why him why would you let him successfully persecute your children why would you let him successfully kill your children hold them hostage use the law against the children of god and then go ahead and choose that very person that very person that we least expect to then become his vessel of choice so now the scene changes a bit. Saul is not eating. He's somewhere. He's blind. In Damascus, verse 10, there's a disciple named Ananias. The Lord calls to him in a vision, Ananias. Ananias says, yes, Lord. The Lord says to him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias who did what I think any Ananias would have done, said, Lord, I have had many reports about this man, all the harm he has done to your holy people in Israel. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. So basically, Ananias like, hell no. Hell no. Listen, I'm with Ananias. Like, you literally cannot send me to go lay hands on the guy who's been chopping off guys' heads. Okay, I exaggerate. It doesn't say that that's how he was doing it. But in my head, that's how he was doing it. I have question because you're a disciple of Christ. How many of you would be bold enough to go lay hands on some dictator or some mercenary or someone who, you know, he's seen God? He's met God and God has decided that your magic fingers are the ones that are going to go restore sight. What if you restore sight and he's like, thank you so much for restoring my sight. Can we start with you? You go straight into hell. Let me even give a different approach. What if um, there's an ananas, in, there's not an ananas, but there's a soul. What if there's a soul in your life who has caused you so much pain, caused death maybe in your home, caused devastation, heart, pain, 
you know, is responsible for a lot of the things. And you know, because the Spirit of God is faithful and is revealed to you, this is the source of your problems. And here you, you are, and then you've been praying for vengeance. You know that scripture? For vengeance is yours, Lord. You've been decreeing that stuff every day. Vengeance is yours, Lord. Take down this person. Take down this person who has broken my heart. Take down this person who has caused me pain. Take down this person who dares to rise up against a child of God. Then he taps on your shoulder to say to you, Ananias, a.k.a. Carol, a.k.a. John, a.k.a. Joroge, listen, you're actually the person who I'm going to send to go lay hands on the person who has caused you so much pain. And you're like, excuse me? Yes. And this is how the Lord answered. But the Lord said to Ananias, go. It wasn't even a discussion. Go. This man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Oh my God. I want to know how many of you, in that person that has caused you hurt, in that person that has destroyed your life, if that person has dragged you through the ringer, that if God sent you to them and said, go, I've, I've showed this person that you're the one who's going to go and pray for them. You remember that relative that you laughed at and said, oh, she's always so goody two-shoes and she never takes, she's too uptight, she's too serious. Now, yes, that relative is the one coming to lay hands on you so that you can do God's work. Would we be willing, Ananases? I'm not sure that I would actually go to my soul, to my persecutor. God is a God of order. And the thing that stood out to me about this conversions, conversion story is how God did not hold against Saul his record of wrongs. What he had done was not even a discussion in the conversion moment. It was literally, why are you persecuting me? Like he was hurt. Jesus was hurt. Like, why are you persecuting me? And all Saul had to say is, who are you? Imagine. And then God replies, it's me. Go somewhere else. I'll, I'll tell you. So at no point is God interested in your past. At no point is he interested in the sin. At no point is he interested in the extent of your rot. What interests him is that in that beautiful mistake that is you, there is a beautifully designed instrument ready to proclaim God's name. You see, my dear listeners, God is not a, a vengeful, judgmental, out to finish you when you sin. You know, lately I've been going through a phase where I'm like, surely God, you know, I've been, what's going on? Like, are you looking at me and wondering about me? And God told me, do you know how many things in a day of a child of God, how many times we mess up, be it in our thoughts? You know, those, those dark, dark thoughts you think, that nobody else can hear. You're like, God, this is between me and you don't snitch. The number of times that God, we sin, we grieve his spirit in a day. But you know, sometimes you want to focus on, oh, I'm an, I'm an addict. I have an addiction to pornography. So you put all your energy on pornography. Or, oh, I'm a thief. Or, oh, I'm evil or whatever your your situation is and you want to put weight on that but no one's talking about the white lie you told earlier or the bribe that you gave or or the little white lie you said to keep yourself out of trouble at work 
for whatever reason it is for whatever reason it is we are so filthy the bible says our righteousness is as filthy rags before him but we are made righteous because of christ jesus and in this moment we see a true demonstration of that this guy literally was on the way to go finish guys but on the way to go do his thing god turned it around god turned it around blind blind Saul was a blind man Saul was a blind man these three days he did not eat or drink anything god was bringing a rebirth upon him god was revealing to him the depths of who he was and that's why he was able to see ananias and that's why he was able to his eyes were shut to the physical world but to the spiritual world god opened Saul's eyes so that there isn't a shadow of doubt that god had called him and called him himself so ananias went to the house and entered it placing his hands on Saul's eyes he said brother Saul." oh my gosh he said brother Saul, the lord jesus who appeared to you on the road you as you are coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the holy spirit immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could he could see again he got up he was baptized and after taking some food he regained his strength listen he didn't go there and another single there with an attitude for mm, anywhere so 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 you know this is it this is what god is saying no, he went in there and said brother soul because for ananias as long as god validated him ananias was okay with it and immediately accepted him as a brother well let me should i ask again how many of you how many of you would accept somebody who has hurt you somebody who has broken you and the lord says to you you remember that guy who broke your heart or remember that person who destroyed you that's now brother so and so and can you go to them and say to them brother so and so god loves you god has plans for you and you know in jana that guy was finishing you how many of us can do that but what's even more interesting is scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again because now God reset him. You see, he was taken into a fasted state, a state where he couldn't see. He wasn't eating. He wasn't drinking. He was not with us. He was in the spiritual realm being revealed for things that no eyes can see, no ears can hear. He was in another space with Jesus. But after the three days, the scales fell off his eyes and his physical being was activated his physical being was activated and the fasting was over and soul continues to soul uh, ends up spending several days with the disciples in damascus and proceeds to have his full conversion later we see him being called paul and paul goes ahead to write a lot of the books in the new testament and one of the things that has stood out for me till today till today is Galatians is Galatians 5:22 which has been this has been a, a a word that I have stood on even when God has called me to to speak as an authority in his name and sometimes let me say to you guys I really 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 feel undeserving 
really feel undeserving but in galatians 5:22 when when he when paul realized he had been called he did not seek the elders of the church nor the pharisees nor any of those guys no he didn't go to any of those guys he went straight and started to minister he didn't go to anyone to teach him because god had already taught him in the, like again like i said in those 3 days what paul had been downloaded for from heaven matched like 6000 years of theology school you understand and that's the thing that god also said to me when i started up this thing i've given you mandate i've given you authority go and do my work you do not need anybody to teach you anything you just need me god himself to teach you how many of you have a vision or you have something on your heart heavy you're pregnant for god you have it but you know you feel the need to maybe go sit in some space no allow god to teach you remember we can't all be the same if we all go sit under some authority which i have nothing against but paul did not if you go sit under some authority won't you he won't we just be churning out the same type of people into this world i'm not speak saying to speak um i'm not saying for us to preach things that are not in the bible the bible is the foundation even the foundation of this podcast episode but at the same time we want to be radical for this god we want to be different there's a voice for everyone i have a niche that listens to what i have to say there's a niche for everyone and god is interested in using you in your uniqueness in your brokenness in your state of nothingness he's interested and whether or not it's just two souls or three souls that receive what you have to say that is more than enough for god that is more than enough for god for me the fact that i show up i show up every week even if i take a week off i just take a week off, but i take i show up every day and i say the same thing god's desire for you is to be free god's desire for you is to be loved god's is a desire for you is to be empowered in him in him let that be the source the core the essence of who you are blind blind let's follow him blindly let's love on him blindly let's work for him blindly until next time